We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everyone, to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. I've been very excited about this particular interview because many women are still asking the question about what is beauty, even though a lot of the celebrities and a lot of people come forward and say, hey, you got to love yourself. No matter what you got, you got to love yourself. Well, the BBC did... Um, Three videos at least. I didn't get to watch uh, any more than that. And I tell you, they talked about what is beauty today. And it was really quite remarkable what they came up with. And so tonight we're going to talk about what is beauty today with someone by the name of Athena Nair. Now, she is a sophomore at Tufts University majoring in psychology and sociology. She spent her middle and high school years at Castilla School where she first became involved with the body positive in September of twenty. 18. She's quite young. Since then, she has been educating herself and others on body positivity, fat phobia, and radical self-love through social media, workshops, and speaking opportunities. Now, recently, Athena spoke on a congressional briefing in support of the Eating Disorder Prevention in Schools Act. Again, that's Eating Disorder Prevention in Schools Act. In March of 2020, Athena gave a TEDx talk on body positivity and fat phobia. She is passionate about education reform as well as bettering the world through her activism, music, dance, and even theater. Athena is thrilled to be a part of the Body Positive's Board of Director, and she is joining us right now. Athena, welcome to WCCO Radio. Hi, Gerilyn. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to have you um, join us tonight because this is such an important subject. Let's start out by saying, how do you define what beauty is today? That's a great question. I mean, if we're talking about, I think it depends on whose eyes we're looking through. Um, and if it's, if it's you know, society at large, if it's, you know, the, the majority, the people on top of the ladder, um, so to speak, that are trying to define beauty, I think we see white in very young, almost infant-like, especially for women, in a particularly scary way. Um, we see, you know, so, so many, like, it, there's even particulars now, I feel like, in a way that there wasn't about eyebrows and wrists and thighs, and it's like, you can't get anything right. And so there's this, there's this one percent of people that fit into that definition of beauty, but through my eyes, um, beauty is what makes me feel, I think. It's so many things. I mean, beauty is absolutely me. It's everyone around me. And then it's the nature that is around me. And it's the invisible work that's being done. And it's empathy. And um, it's the sun <laughs> and warmth. Um, so the beauty means so many more things to me. And I think what I've learned at the Body Positive, you know, being a facilitator and taking that training is that 
when our definition of beauty becomes expansive, we can feel more joy because anytime we say, oh my God, that's beautiful and we believe it, that gives, that allows us to just feel more and to experience the world in a different way. So that, that's what I think beauty is to me and what I would encourage more people in this world to think of beauty as. Oh, isn't that the truth? You know, as we watch television or even going into the movies and those are those, uh, there are those um, commercials that come on every now and then talking about a, a new product or showing a, a bit of a movie that's coming up. What I find is that um, with the five generations that are, are living and working together right now in our country, I am amazed that from the Generation Zs to the baby boomers, they're starting to really get along. And the way all of them see, all of us see beauty, it's starting to look alike. It's starting to feel as though what my beauty is to me may be the same to someone else. There was a time we read so many magazines about beauty, we didn't see it that way. Do you agree? It's true. It's true. Um, I mean, there's. I think there's so much more progress to be made in terms of, you know, allowing beauty to be more accessible for people. But absolutely, since, you know, especially I think in the past few years, um, since I've been in high school, like representation in the media has grown so much that we've seen more possibilities for beauty, which I think is really the power of representation. We see possibilities for ourselves and people that look different from us to be successful, to be beautiful, to be happy. Um, and that was something I didn't get for sure as a child. And I am starting to get more and more in TV shows and elsewhere. And then, you know, then it's about like, I think I really have to seek that out. And I think some people really have to seek, you know, body positivity out after a lot of struggle or they, you know, are consuming a very um, hegemonic like media and just of, of everyone looking the same. And then they have to make an active effort to go to the, you know, the, person of color section in Hulu or black voices section, who, what, what would it be like if that was everything? If that's what we all had access to and we didn't have to try so hard. So, you know, I'm always thinking big and thinking ahead, but you're, you're absolutely right that it's already come this far. It has come this far. And what's really interesting to me is the tattoo um, groups that are out there really ex exploiting and displaying their beauty, their tattoos, how beautiful they are, even to them. Even if I don't see them the way they see them, they see themselves as absolutely beautiful. Why is it that some groups really fall into that understanding that I am beautiful, whether you like it or not, and others, so many others, don't ever get there? good question um it's a hard one i think i think it's luck in some ways um because for me i i i didn't have the option to even love myself or like myself until i heard you know this one podcast i heard lindy west talking about how being fat is okay and that like changed everything for me and then i found the body positive and got that train but that's not accessible to everyone and so i think privilege and it's luck in some ways. Um, I think also community is such a big part of it, though, that if I didn't have people supporting me and doing the exact, like working the same work that I'm doing um, on loving themselves and therefore loving others more, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I would have been able to come this far, you know, because um, there's a lot of people out there that shame us for loving ourselves and for being our biggest and boldest, most fabulous selves. Um, and so it's really been community and those, like, those, those rocks in my life um, that have made it possible, I think, for, for me and for so many others to live that way. So, yeah, a combination 
welcome privilege and, and community. About a decade ago, I really thought we were close to getting rid of these eating disorders, that, you know, girls were starting to really see themselves as beautiful. Uh, boys were, too. It's been really quite remarkable, yet it seems as though we are backing down, uh, back to where we were. In fact, the downsides are not just affecting those who don't see themselves as attractive or see themselves too large so they don't, so they do have an eating disorder, but even um, the downsides of being too attractive, and people are having a hard time with that. Yeah. Where do um, where do we go now <laughs> if the attractive and beautiful people that say that they're attractive and beautiful are having a hard time, and all the others are trying to meet some of those same um, important moments or, or stand in those spaces? How in the world are we ever going to get to just being beautiful, just knowing and loving ourselves as being beautiful? I think in that sense we're talking about a beauty hierarchy and. Sonia Renee Taylor has, you know, does this amazing work around radical self-love as well. Um, and she talks about, you know, this beauty hierarchy. And we talk about in the body positive, like declaring our own beauty and seeing others, others' beauty as possible, not just like supermodels and the certain class of people. Like that makes it no longer a hierarchy. Instead of like, I have to achieve this and like climb this ladder and change these things about me to look like, you know, the Kardashians or whoever you might be talking about. Um, instead, it allows all of us to just be beautiful and be ourselves. I, does that make sense? It does make sense. In fact, there's a name for that Kardashian shape that Kim has. Um, I forget what it's called. Forgive me. But yeah, there are women that are eating less, drinking more water and juices and that sort of thing, just trying to get to that image. But it's not even a real image. They've had work done. It's not even themselves at that moment. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think we've been so warped to think that we can control these things about our bodies, and our bodies aren't elastic, um, at least for most of us. And so we can't like morph into whatever we want. Obviously, then there's there's surgeries and there's a way to make things happen. But like, I, I think that we, have, we have this really false idea that it's in our control to change our bodies, which first of all is pretty impossible, and also like, why would we want to? Um, I just I think about you know, my ancestors and how many people it took for me to get here. And I feel like as long as my body's generally healthy, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, right. And I got to find in what I am right now, you know. You know, my daughter um, got her Ph.D. Um, in Africana Studies, and I'll never forget how she changed when she started visiting some of the African countries and that helped write her dissertation, um, you know, the things that she saw and experienced. And today she has, you know, this incredible eyesight for herself and loving herself from the inside out and her children. Her daughters are the same way. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. She's already teaching them to say it to yourselves. I am beautiful. Yeah. How important is it for the children and those coming up that are going into college? How important is it for us to get that into their hearts and soul? The, one of the most important things I can think of. I mean, I am so passionate about educating the young, young ones, especially because then they don't have to go through the spiral that I did and then maybe find a way to love themselves. Like what you, you talked about, your, what, did you say your sister or your daughter? My daughter, yes. Oh, my God. Well, that's amazing. And like, you're, like from day one, if they just learn that, like they, their potential is so much greater. You know what I mean? Rather than focusing on putting themselves down, they can go out into the world being satisfied with themselves. And so 
I think it's hugely important. I am the way I am and have had the successes I've had, partly because of luck and privilege, partly because of hard work, and largely because of I haven't been spending, you know, a majority of my day for the past four years taking myself apart. I've had so much more energy to put towards things I care about, not things that other people might want me to change about myself. And so that's, it's quite literally quantifiably energy and time um, and money that I have saved because I love myself and I feel like I have agency to do what I want. And don't we all want our kids, you know, our young, the young generation to have agency to just choose, right, not to be coerced into looking this way or that way, um, but to just be who they are and do what makes them feel good, truly. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Um, This is my final thought and question for you. You gave a TED Talk, a TEDx Talk, on body positivity and fat phobia. Uh, Just realizing your own life and how you've looked over beauty in your life uh, up to being a sophomore at Tufts, congratulations. (laughs) But was it difficult for you to tell your story and tell other stories and then encourage the audience? Was that difficult for you? That's such an interesting question because there have been so many hard parts about my journey, but I don't think it was that hard to share. It was vulnerable for sure, but I mean, that's what I do as an activist and artist. I share my story so that others can heal. I mean, it really felt like a gift. If I'm being, I, it's weird that these words are coming out of my mouth. It sounds like fake, but it's completely not that I, I, I promise you there have been so many other things that have been hard. But the actual sharing of the journey has been a gift to have these platforms and have people listen to me and to have people resonate with me. Um, Because this is what I wanted as a kid. I needed myself. I needed who I am now. Um, And I eventually got that with role models, you know, like Jamila Jamil and um, and learning about, you know, past, you know, like queer and fat and um, and BIPOC leaders. But. I'm yet to be that for other people. So it it really feels like a gift to share my story and to know that with my story, so many other stories are being shared. Um, Right. And you also very passionate about education reform. I was so excited to read that because we need young people to be really involved and make a difference when it comes to education reform. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just talking to a teacher earlier today, just um, struck a, a conversation. And I think about all the time how, you know, those our teachers when we're young are role models and they shape so much of our lives. And so putting like investing in our education, investing in our public schools and in our teachers is so important and giving them resources to pass on to their kids um, and their students is incredibly important. And then also thinking about the curriculum and what they're learning. I mean, we are creating, I'm thrilled to be part of creating K-8 curriculum, body positive health at every size curriculum um, with the body positive. We're working, that's a big project in the coming years. And it's really how every single discipline can be involved in. What if, you know, we wrote an ode to ourselves, you know, in poetry class, you know, when we're doing the poetry unit. What if in science we learned about the history of the the BMI and how it is actually not at all a measure of health and, in fact, something that was used to support eugenics. What if kids learn that, you know, in eighth grade when they're that that that's what we're talking about is um, exactly. at every subject, at every level so that kids from day one are getting embodied 
and positive and trauma-informed and anti-racist education. And that's, we have the possibility to do it, but it absolutely, it takes people power and it takes, it takes a lot of love and courage on behalf of all of us to, to come together to work for that. You got that right, Athena. It has been such a pleasure to um, have you on tonight. Athena Nair, if people want to see and watch your um, TEDx talk or they want to learn more about you on your website, where, where do they go? Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash Athena, A-T-H-E-N-A, dash Nair, N-A-I-R. Or you can find me on Instagram um, at Athena.Nair. Wow, Athena Nair, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Stay awesome, honey. Keep going. We need you. Uh, we need you. We need you. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was a pleasure, and have a, have a great night. You too. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with some weather in just a moment. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is 827 here at WCCO, and if you did not learn something from that last conversation that we just had, in fact, all of the conversations thus far, uh, seriously, I, I encourage you to listen again on the podcast because the bottom line when it comes to young people specifically and older people, I know older people that are trying to lift their faces. I used to tell my mother all the time, if I had the money to just throw away would I lift my face? You know, there are certain things I would want to do. And my mom says, well, I kind of understand that, but. And so I finally let it go. You know, I really do say to myself, you know, up and forward every day, I say when I look in the mirror, you are beautiful, Geraldine, inside first and foremost. And if people don't see me as beautiful on the outside, that's their problem, not my problem. My job is to stay strong and encourage as many as possible in my family, in my community, my friends, my circle of uh, friends, all of that. We talk about it. The girls talk about that. Oh, my God, I've gained weight. Oh, my hair is going great. Oh, my gosh. But then we end up laughing and we decide, and it's nothing wrong with you. If you want to make that choice to have cosmetic surgery, please do. That's your decision. But for my girlfriends and I, we get a chance to laugh and talk about what life is like as we get older. And it's really beautiful for us to come up with those understandings and those thoughts of how we handle them. And not every day is a, is a good day to handle it, but there are enough days to keep us going and smiling. 
I encourage all of the women that are listening, and men as well, because you have some of those issues today too, to really find a mantra that you say every day. Mine is up and forward. Just up and forward. You'd be surprised at what that does for each of us every day. All right, we got to take a break. And uh, coming up at 835, So What Do You Do? We've got Jenny Arthur and Mariah Wilberg joining us. They're college students, and, and um, it, we're going to really talk about Metro State University in uh, St. Paul and what that means to this particular um, two people, Jenny Arthur and Mariah Wilberg. We'll be back in a moment. What? So what do you do? Well, tonight's um, So What Do You Do is quite interesting. College students, you know, are of all races, all ages, and all backgrounds. Seriously. I know because I'm in college to finish my master's degree at Luther Seminary. And when I first considered it, I thought, yep, this is going to be, yep, this is what I need to do. I really want to get this master's degree, um, and, and I can use it in many different ways. Well, going to seminary really surprised me. I mean, it really surprised me. It worried me, and it surprised me. I'm thinking I'm going to have to, or people are going to expect me to be in a robe and stolen, the whole thing. <laughs> but it's never too late to start. That's what I know. It's never too late to start. So those of you doing COVID time that have been considering either going back to school or starting school, um, just know it's never too late. Uh, there was a woman who was 92 years old about a decade ago. We talked about it here on, on Steel Talking. And this woman went back to school at 92, at 92 to finish her bachelor's degree. There have been men that were in their 90s that finished school in their 90s. That's amazing. So president of Metro State University, um, Jenny Arthur and Mariah Wilberg, who graduated in 2019 at Metro, are joining us to really talk about how it's, I won't say it's easy, but how wonderful it is to get back into it, get back into studying, get back into getting more knowledge. It really matters. Jenny Arthur, president of Metro State University, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you, Geraldine. This is just a pleasure to be here. Well, I have to tell you that I, I'm, the, I'm the one that decided to go and get my master's degree at Luther Seminary. And at first it terrified me, but it didn't take long for that terror to go away. Tell me about that. A lot of people are really afraid to go back, feel like they're not smart enough. You know, that is so true, uh, especially for adult learners, people who have been away from school for a while. And I think we uh, learn that we get them in the door. We offer them a lot of support. They begin to build a network, and um, pretty soon they're having a great time and really enjoying learning. Enjoying learning is key. I think that people stay in schools wherever they are because they are really enjoying not just the learning piece, but the friendships, the relationships that are critical. These are, you know, you can get to know your dean of academics or, you know, whatever the dean, whichever dean you want to get to know. You can go to them for advice, you know, 10 years later after you graduate. It's really quite remarkable. So I know my fear was my age. I hadn't been in college since, oh, my God, 1977 or 78. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, how in the world am I going to finish my B.A.? I finished my B.A. first at Concordia University in St. Paul. And then I went to St. Kate's to do part of my um, master's degree. And I wasn't able to finish there. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to try seminary by someone's advice. And I said, you know, I think that's something I think I can do. How do you convince 
older students or older um, adults to say, okay, I'm ready. How do you, is, is there a, a certain way of pacifying them or quieting them to get them to say, yes, okay, I'll, I'll do the application? Well, I think one of the things, and, and Metro State has been a, a pioneer in this work, is what we call giving credit for prior learning. So you think of all of the work that you've done, Gerilyn, as a journalist, as an artist, and we would have faculty sit with you, figure out how we document that, and then how we can give you credit. Because I think we are all learners all the time. And just because you haven't been in school doesn't mean that you haven't acquired important, useful knowledge. So that's something that if we can have that conversation with the uh, person who's thinking about college and then they get a few college credits and they realize, well, I, I can do this. I've already got uh, a start on my degree. So what is your method of removing that fear that so many students, uh, whether they are brand new students, young students, or if they are those who you know, are in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, how do you make it comfortable for them? What do you say? Yeah, I, you know, I just think um, one of the things about Metro State anyway is our real commitment to inclusion. Um, I will say that we were founded, uh, the words of our founding president, uh, David Sweet, was we'll be the college for those who have no college. So it's really bringing people in, meeting them wherever they are, um, making them understand that they're important, they have talent, they can do this work. And I think by having those conversations, connecting them to others, uh, their fellow students as well, that that really helps to overcome, you know, that sense that they can't do it. We know they can do it. You just have to convince all the rest of us. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, let's, let's bring Mariah Wilberg on. Hi, Mariah. Hello. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. You graduated in 2019, right before the COVID hit. And I can just imagine how difficult that was. But coming on campus, um, what, before you graduated, and you saw all of these different age groups. How did you handle that? Did you expect to come on campus and see those that were your age and maybe a little bit older, but not those in their 50s and 60s? You know, I actually, uh, I chose Metro State uh, because I would be among adult learners uh, by myself in a very diverse uh, cohort. I, you know, I didn't really want to be with, uh, primarily with younger folks who were fresh out of high school because I had had some life under my belt. And uh, the, the great thing about Metro State is it's really geared towards working adults, people who already have established lives and careers. So that is part of why I chose Metro. Yeah, my brother-in-law actually went there. I wanted to mention that uh, to you, Jenny, because my brother-in-law, Armando Dickerson, he graduated from Metro State. He loved it. He loved the professors. He loved um, how they handled those that were older. You know, he was, you know, in his, what, late 40s or early 50s, and he absolutely loved the experience. What would you say today, Mariah, to someone who's listening about your age? I don't need to ask your age, but someone about your age, what would you say to them to say, to, to convince them that you can go back and why don't you try Metro State. 
I would say that it is never too late to go back to school and to just take a, a manageable step. You know, you don't have to commit to the next eight years of your life. You can commit to attending an information session or learning more about the different programs they have available. And, uh, you know, maybe taking a class at a time and seeing how it fits into your life. I would say that time is going to pass, whether you are in school or not. And if it's something you've dreamed of and something you're interested in or something that would help your life or help help you set up a better life for your children, uh, why not look into it and go for it? And did you find a lot of people within your age group at Metro? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> same thing with me at seminary. For the record, I don't mind sharing. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, and so there are a lot of people going back to school at 35 years old, Jenny. And so as you watch those that come through that want to get a degree as much as those that are 21 or 18, it's got to be rewarding to see all of these beautiful ages, um, those from different generations, walking the path at Metro State. Um, how do you keep them there? You know, it's, uh, again, I think helping to build the bonds that they have with each other, with advisors and with their faculty members, Geraldine. Our class size averages around 20 students. And, I mean, that's the perfect size for to create that sense of community in the group and really students feel they belong. We I've just heard remarkable stories of people looking out for each other. Uh, we had a student who actually was suffering from a serious illness and was still coming to class, but was pretty weak. And um, one of his classmates noticed that and would meet him every day that he came to class in the parking lot and carry his backpack for him. And I think there's just that sense of community that people are doing this together that really bonds them. What is the age, Jenny, of the oldest student on campus right now? Oh, the oldest student right now um, would be in their 70s. Um, in fact, you know, Geraldine, our uh, oldest graduate in December was a former WCCOer, uh, Don oh. Shelby, who graduated oh. in his mid-70s. Hey, That's so awesome. I got to call up his wife and go, oh, so you married to that old man who just got a degree. All right, then. (laughs) He would get a kick out of that. It was fantastic. And, you know, he talked about in his, he was our commencement speaker, and he talked about, you know, how one of the most valuable things was that connection he made across generations. And, uh, And all of our students really value that learning uh, from each other, from people who are at different points in their life and from different cultural backgrounds. Wow, quite remarkable. So tell us about the vice president, because, you know, people are going to wonder, what does it mean when I enroll? Who do I go to about, you know, taking a break or making sure I didn't add too many classes, those sorts of things? Are these the people that would be called, um, you know, your, uh, um, what do you call them? Good Lord, the people that help you. Advisors. Hey, I remembered advisors. Yes. And so I can, I can imagine how difficult that is between all of these different ages as well, but I know it's beautiful because I I do it and I'm just so excited about it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, 
That's one thing. People at Metro State advisors and faculty are there because they care so much about our students. And again, uh, extraordinary stories of, you know, the way that faculty have, uh, you know, they bend the rules, if you want to say that. Uh, they'll go out of their way to make sure that students uh, can complete their work, do the learning that they need to do, um, because they understand that life circumstances really get in the way when you're working and caring for a family. I actually came on that campus uh, probably about five years ago, and I came for a friend. I wanted to support her. And it was amazing how many different people were in the room. There were even people who didn't speak English well, but they were really getting it. They, they seemed to understand what they needed to do, and it was beautiful to watch. Are you still finding a lot of students that come to Metro State University asking a lot of questions in a different language, or do you have the people necessary to really help you understand what they're saying? Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, more than 53% of our students, Geraldine, uh, come from a variety of uh, different cultural and racial communities, and many have uh, are relatively new Americans and in, in still learning uh, to speak English. So, yes, in our tutoring center, uh, in our writing faculty, we have specialists who are helping those who are learning uh, the English language. And, uh, w you know, we have interpreters that can also help people out with their assignments. That is so great to hear because there are students that, you know, have been here maybe for four to five years and they haven't mastered the English language, but boy, they have worked so hard. And there is always someone at Metro State um, that is waiting to hear from them to say, is there anything I can help you with? Or let me work with you on this. So I'm really happy to hear that. Mariah, I want to ask you about um, having a family while going to school. Do you, did you say you have children? Uh, <clears throat> no. You have no children. So when you finally graduated, how did your family respond to you, your, your siblings, your uncles, aunts, parents, if you have them? Uh, what was that like for you? I think it was uh, one of the most emotional days of my life. I was honored to be the commencement speaker at my graduation. And, you know, looking out at my, my family there, my entire family and my best friend and my goddaughter who had supported me through my journey, um, it was really meaningful because what I was talking about in my commencement speech was, you know, I was just incarcerated recently and I thought that my that my life was too broken to ever be beautiful. And then, you know, here on this journey through Metro State, I just have this different life. Um, I advanced very quickly in my career, um, largely due to like the assignments I was working on and, and what I was learning in school. So it felt um, it was an achievement. I really, for many years of my life, I thought was out of reach. So it was, it was one of the best days of my life. May I ask you what you got your degree in? Yeah, so I did my undergraduate degree, uh, Bachelor of Arts in Individualized Studies at Metro, and I finished that in 2016. And most recently, I uh, earned a Master of Public Administration. 
Wow, mine was in organizational leadership and this degree that I'm getting now, the master's. And by the way, I want to encourage you, don't stop. If you if you can keep going, keep going. Because the more we know, the more we realize we don't know much. So <laughs> just is that the truth, Jenny Arthur, right? Am I right? Oh, it is. It is. That's why we believe in lifelong learning. <laughs> lifelong learning. If people want more information uh, about the school and whether or not they are a good fit for it, where, where do they go, Jenny? Well, the easiest thing would be to go to the website, which is metrostate.edu, and there you'll find uh, a link for students who, if you're an interested student, prospective student, and then someone from our admissions office will reach out to you and get you connected. Get you connected. And that's what um, university is all about, getting you connected from the moment you arrive to even long after you've um, experienced so much at the school. I am so grateful, both both of you. Mariah, thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, the president of Metro State University, Jenny Arthur, both for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you, you, Geraldine. It's just been a delight. All right. You guys take care. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. It is now 8.56, or very close to 8.57. So thankful that I had a chance to interview those two. And if you are considering it, please, please, please look into going back to school. If you have nothing else to do or if you are overwhelmed, go to school. You'd be surprised at how much it'll help. Hey, coming up next is Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We believe you ought to know about it. Steve Noonan, a former recording engineer for Prince, is going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Jack Ruler is going to join us. Uh, they call it Hit the Road Jack. He's He's actually stepping down as artistic director and being replaced. Uh, We've got Matt Wilson. If you don't know him, he's amazing. Um, You would know him with, um, anyway, it's a lot. I'll tell you more about that later. And, of course, uh, Aaron Cabbage is going to join us as our last guest. And then the Mom and Michael Hour from 10 to 11. So much happening. We'll be back in just a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 